This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 25. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Ballers Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers podcast, and today I'm welcoming Erica Kastner, aka the queen of results to the baller circle. From climbing the corporate ladder to entrepreneurship, Erica Kastner knows the power of a great network. She helps business owners build collaborative networks and strategic referral partnerships and is the founder of Queen of Results Coaching and Consulting. Erica is also the host of the podcast Power Factor Biz Chat where she interviews the most powerful and influential business building experts throughout the world. Erica, I'm so glad to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Michael. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. No problem at all. Uh, So one thing I wanted to ask you as I was looking through your site and uh, just trying to get a, a better understanding of your business, I saw that um, you know, you, you seem to have a really good, uh, uh, story of how you got involved in becoming a coach. And I know that a lot of people, um, you know, when they're, when they're running their businesses and they're struggling with things, they try to figure out, okay, when exactly do I need a coach? And if I need a coach, and I know that at one point, uh, before you started becoming a coach, you had to coach yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, how did that coaching develop, uh, relationship, uh, help you? And what would you say to someone who's thinking about uh, hiring a coach when they think is the right time to do that? Well, that's a great question. Um, and, and what a meaty one to start off with, right? <laughs> right out the gate, we're asking that question. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I my own coaching experience really catapulted me into this whole level of entrepreneurship. I, I think for many years, I mean, I don't think, I know for many years, I had always been in this space of helping professionals, whether they were business owners, C-level executives, um, you know, sales professionals at any level with all my retail and corporate background and then going into the nonprofit sector. um, And I was in that world uh, quite a few years before I launched my own company. But um, I really didn't see the power of what business leaders do to drive their business and what they do in their own mind, <laughs> the, the games and the and the stories that they tell themselves and they play with, the, with themselves to accomplish what they want to accomplish, I didn't make that connection until I started working with my own coach. So I think the, the piece of advice I could give anybody that's listening to this show today, if you are in business and if you are wanting to move the needle and make an impact in some way, shape, or form, you've got to get an accountability partner, whether that's through a coach, whether that's through a mentor. It can't be your mom. It can't be your husband <laughs> or your or your girlfriend. I mean, it's got to be somebody that can look at your situation from a 30,000 feet view and push your needle to that next level of greatness. Because I, I, I think we can only do so much in our own in our own mental bandwidth, I and mean, we really can only take on, um, you know, our. And, and I saw, I read this the other day. I don't know if you saw this, Michael, because I think we were in the same um, Facebook group where I saw this. But somebody was actually saying that, like, um, you know, if you can't figure out your own problems, so like you, I'm sure a lot of your listeners out there are obviously business owners and they're wanting to take their business to the next level. If they 
are like awesome at XYZ, but they can't figure out XYZ for themselves, that's okay. Brain surgeons can't do brain surgery on their own brain. So you've got to have somebody else like do help you with that. You know, so um so I think that for me personally, coaching was the only way for me to like get better as a coach. Um and and for any listener out there that's thinking about that level of personal development, professional development, you've got to start now and build and build what you want to sustain yourself in the future. Okay. I like that. Um, so when, when someone has a coach, which do they expect to get from that coach? And I guess I would, I would, I would even say maybe more specifically, I know you're a coach. What, what should your clients expect from you? Um, that's an excellent question because not every coach is the same. I mean, not every like financial advisor or realtor or banker or, you know, fill in the blank. We're not all the same. We're as different as snowflakes. I would have to say that that for me personally, like if you're going to expect <laughs> people are going to work with me and they're going to expect rainbows and sunshines and attaboys and things like that, there's going to be appropriate times for that. But I'm more interested in in crafting that like vision for that person. So sometimes that means breaking out of our mold and breaking out of our comfort zone, not to sound cliche, but it growth starts outside of our comfort zone. We cannot grow when we're inside of that comfortable space. So it is going to get messy. It is going to be, um, at times, very, very challenging, very, very difficult. Um, so if you're out there, whether you're working with somebody like myself or you're working with another coach, interviewing that coach and asking them what are they going to do to hold you your feet to the fire and hold you accountable to the process are they giving you assignments to do outside of your one-on-one time if you're working in a one-on-one capacity are they doing things to um to make you work outside of the space that you're going to be spending with them because you know 90 percent of that growth happens outside of my coaching sessions I, i i can only steer the ship i can't tell people what to do. I mean, it's just, it, it's not a good practice to, to, <laughs> to tell people what to do, and, but to empower them and to get them to think about the decisions that they want to, um, to implement to grow their own business or, you know, improve their own situation. That's where the growth happens. That's what people can expect when they work with me. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so for someone who, you know, they say they, they, they decide that they want to get a coach, um, they hire a coach is there a, um, I guess, an ideal time, um, like length of time for coaching? Uh, or do you believe in ongoing coaching? Oh, hell yeah. I believe in ongoing coaching. I mean, there's no way I can ever go back to like not doing that. Now, I believe that, that you can outgrow a coach, you know, and that, and, and you should, I mean, like, I don't believe that any one of my, like, in fact, my very first coach, um, you know, he's no longer working with me in that capacity. We, we get to, to, I look at him now as a peer, you know what I mean? Because I'm at that level. Um, but it always, it it wasn't always like that. You know, I mean, when I, when I started working with him initially, David Essel, um, you know, that man really saved my life in a lot of ways. And I, I don't want to get into that story right at the moment. We might, depending on where this conversation goes, but, um, it's definitely something that you've got. It's a lifestyle shift. I mean, it is definitely something, um, that you will continue to, if you're, if you're constantly wanting to grow, if you're constantly wanting to take your business to the next level or your personal world to that next level of greatness. Yeah, absolutely. You, you just can't stop, but you've got to find the right players on your team at your, 
you know, next level of growth. I mean, so challenging yourself in those regards is definitely going to help you get to that next level of greatness wherever you're at in your world. Okay. So let's, let's, let's do that. Let's dive into your story a little bit. Um, okay. So, you know, you, you go from the corporate world, uh, you decide that you want to make a pivot. How did that, how did that transition happen? And what are the, the significant events and significant people that were involved in that process? Well, I'll do my best to condense it into a uh, bite-sized piece here. I actually was, my, most of my early part of my career was in the corporate retail space. So I worked for giants like Victoria's Secrets, Maurice's, Dillard's, Longcomb Cosmetics. When I moved to the Southwest Florida market in 20, oh my goodness, it was 2005. Um, I, I, I the, the job that I was doing, uh, the, the, I was actually with Victoria's Secret at the time, and that position was not in Florida. So I thought, well, you know, this is a perfect time for me to just kind of get out of retail altogether. At that point, I was in retail for about uh, like 10 years. So I was really kind of burnt out. Um, and I loved it, but I, you know, I was really, the, the hours were just horrendous. So um, I actually moved to this area with no job, no friends, <laughs> no contacts. And um, at the time, it was, there was a real estate industry was booming in, in Southwest Florida in that era. So I thought, well, I'll just go work in the construction field somewhere, somehow. I mean, that, that seems like a logical fit. Not really. But, <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I was like, I'm just going to challenge myself and do something entirely different than what I was used to doing. Fortunately, for from that experience, I ended up, the company I ended up working with was very involved with the community. And, um, you know, so I was going to, now I found myself like going to chamber events and um, being involved with nonprofit organizations and civic causes and, and other things that were getting me out there into the community. Within a year and a half, people started catching on to, you know, what I was all about. And I, I, I was just immersing myself into the the, the community, I ended up getting picked up by uh, the Greater Fort, or I'm sorry, the uh, Cape Coral Chamber at the time, later went to work for the Greater Fort Myers Chamber of Commerce. And that's where I really started to like evolve into this whole like, you know, I can really impact a lot of people by finding out what it is that they need to grow their business. And if you're familiar with the Chamber of Commerce, a lot of people join that organization because they they there's usually business resources, there's networking events, there's speaking opportunities in those organizations, and they're wanting to grow their business. And so, um, flash forward, that was back in 2006 when I got picked up from the Quill Chamber. Um, I started working for the Greater Fort Myers Chamber in 2011, and then I didn't start my actual professional personal development world and that work until 2013 um, when I had some pretty I had a pretty tumultuous shift in my world it wasn't bad it was a, a marriage and I was getting two gift daughters in the process but I needed a lot of help balancing I, I felt like you know with that responsibility to the community and to professionals I was very visible in the community and there wasn't a whole lot of balance in my world and I, I thought okay I'm either going to drink myself to death or I'm going to end up in divorce court because I'm trying to like balance it and figure it out and I can't so um so there was you know a, a couple of variables that ended up positioning me in front of my my first coach um but that really catapulted this whole like okay you know I I can own my life I can make the decisions that I make are based on like my mental awareness and if I'm not like accountable if I'm playing the victim if I'm not like moving forward if I'm not doing anything to achieve growth there sure as heck isn't going to be anybody out there that's going to do it for me. So that was like the, the, the pivotal moment for me was like saying, okay, I'm in control of this ship, but I need help 
you know, helping me through that. And so if there, if I'm like that, there must be a lot of other people in the same situation. So how can I, um, how can I affect those people? How can I make an impact with those people and, and move the needle for their own life? So I know there's a lot in that story, but I just wanted to kind of share the context of where I was coming from and, and how I got here today. Awesome. No, I, I really like that. So what, what in particular did your coach help you with? <laughs> Well, initially I went to my coach because I was 35 pounds overweight. Um, but in reality, I mean, that was like the, that was like the Patty pageant answer. Um, but in reality, I, and I alluded to it earlier, but I, I wasn't an alcoholic, but I might as well have been, um, because, you know, I was a social drinker and every night I would be going out and doing something, you know, with the, within the community or coming home and decompressing from a hard day at work. Um, and just, I felt like that crutch of relying on something that was going to get me through the night, um, was sabotaging everything I was working so hard for. So it was affecting my weight. It was affecting my relationships with other people. It was affecting my ability to actually work, um, more efficiently, you know, because when you, when you're drinking or when you're like dependent on another advice, um, you're, you're, you don't have that clarity aspect. So, and you really don't have the motivation either to go do the things you want to go do. So, I mean, I, I'm going to him and I'm, you know, he's this life coach and I'm like, okay, well, I, I hell, I'd love to lose 35 pounds. I mean, I, I really feel like I could be more confident if I did that, but it, it, it was like, okay, what's causing that, that weight gain, you know, okay, well, the drinking is the vice that's probably not helping me with, <laughs> with eating good and the extra empty calories I'm doing and the motivation to get up and go to the gym. But more importantly, there were a lot of anchors that I was like hanging on to from the fact that like, and I, I won't get into the story today because it's really too meaty, I think, for the context of this interview today. But I actually had an episode that happened to me when I was an eight-year-old kid. And through that process of coaching, I discovered that that one pivotal moment in my life ended up causing this shame spiral that that like if I carried with me in every aspect of what I was doing. So when I go back and tie in, okay, well, you know, why are you drinking every night? And why is this need to go out there and like be visible in the community and make a ton of friends? Why do you need like, you know, people to like you? Why do you need that validation? You don't need that stuff if you're if you're cool with yourself, if you're tuned into what you're all about and and you own your own valid points. I mean, I, I was seeking validation in other ways. Um, and my coach helped me realize that. But at the time, there was no way in in the world I was going to ever be able to realize um, the impact of what that was going to make for me. I, I just I, I didn't know what I didn't know. Hmm. Okay, that's a powerful story. i I um. I think that there, you know those limiting beliefs, those those things that impact us, um, you, you know, early on in childhood, definitely affect people later on their lives. And I think there are a lot of people who are in that situation where they have things that have affected them, and they're not aware of it. Um, and, and for people out there to say that that stuff doesn't affect you, it's BS. I mean, it, it, and, and if I'm going to be real, real, um, it, it is because, I mean, I was, I was singing that same song. I mean, three years ago, I was totally in that same boat that I was like, oh, you know, like I, I'm not going to let that define me and it's all good. And 
Um, but you know, if you don't attack it, if you don't address it at the core, um, it's going to keep rearing its head back and you're not going to ever get to that next level. You might have success in some areas, but there's going to be some other areas in your world that if you could just release that anchor and drop it, um, who knows, the sky's the limit. Right, right. So with your, um, with your, with your coaching business, uh, what areas in particular do you focus on? So you get a new client, they need help. What's the, uh, the Erica Kastner specialization? <laughs> my, my specialization is really in those strategic partnerships. So looking at what a business owner or a sales professional needs to um, put more people into their pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually find out who it is that they need to talk to. So help them define their market. But then more importantly, instead of going out there and like pounding the payment to find 100 customers, um, it's, it's saying, okay, well, who are the five people that are already talking to those same customers? And let's build a relationship with those people. And um, it's going to be a little more, um, there's obviously a lot more legwork involved with that. But the end result, if you're consistent with those efforts, are going to pay off. And I, I, that's the sexy part of what I do, right? So it's like everybody wants more referrals. Everybody wants more people in their pipeline. Everybody wants more world, word of mouth like traction about their business. But at the end of the day, um, if people don't have the confidence to go out there and walk into an organization and say, hey, how can we align? How can we collaborate? Um, that's where the real magic comes in into my world. And, and, and um, that's kind of the, the, the deeper part of what I do is figuring out how can they position themselves from a place of confidence and strength to go in there, build those relationships, and then um, you know, add value to the other person as well, too, because building relationships isn't all one-sided. You've got to be able to, to add value points to the people you're trying to establish trust and credibility with. So um, in a nutshell, that's what I do for people. And we start that process. I mean, I go in and I'll look at it from a, um, you know, hey, do we just need to like map this out in a VIP session? Or, you know, do we need to really look at this from like a, a long-term commitment, a longer-term commitment than just ironing out in a in one-day strategy session? Okay. So how do people build credibility? How is that established? Through consistency. Um, You know, I I have like, you probably interview a lot of coaches and a lot of other people that are wanting to position themselves as authority leaders in their space. Um, I think the dream would be to, to obviously go be on national television and talk about your expertise on that television interview. Or, you know, like maybe it's being on a podcast or a radio show or, um, you know, on a billboard or whatever, that, whatever it might be for um, you guys listening out there, whatever that means for you. But if you're not doing the little things to get you there to work towards that goal, um, you, you just can't walk on to like, I can't walk on to Good Morning America and expect tomorrow that I'm going to be able to talk about my subject matter expert, or, you know, my subject matter. I, but if I have, you know, some history, if I've done some other articles, if I've been on other podcast interviews, if I've, um, if I've built um, rapport with other people that could potentially get me in front of those opportunities um, through a collaboration and work with them to find out what they need and, and, and provide that for them, then, then in time, I will position myself to get in front of that opportunity. And maybe it won't be Good, mor- good Morning America. Maybe it would be something entirely different. But um, consistency is key 
when you're building a credibility and you've got to be willing to do the things that people won't do in order to position yourself as the expert and the trustworthy, you know, credible source in your field. Right. Okay. So as, as you know, you're, you're, you're married, uh, you have a family for someone who is, uh, in that, in a similar situation, how does the, the family aspect affect uh, their ability to grow their business? And what are, the, what are the things that need to be considered that maybe someone who doesn't have that same sort of uh, commitment and expectations on them does, maybe not, doesn't need to consider as much? Well, that's an interesting point because, you know, when, whenever you bring a family into the mix, I mean, you're adding other people, other variables into the dynamics. So first and foremost, I mean, in my own transition, I mean, I literally had that conversation with my husband first and I said, this is what I'm thinking about. And then him and I crafted a plan. I mean, we didn't just like go into this and saying, okay, I'm going to quit my job and then <laughs> I'm going to have this successful coaching business. Um, it, it, was a, it was about a six to eight month transition. And I, I know for a lot of people out out there that that sounds like a short amount of time for me that sim- that seemed like an eternity <laughs> but um but I literally crafted the plan with my husband and then when we got real clear on that um, that's when we brought our kids to the table. They're now they're his kids from a previous marriage, but um, they're they're my gift kids, so I love them just like they were my own children. And um, I, I brought it to them, and I said, "This is exactly what this means. Um, you know, this is what it looks like. Here's the plan. Um, this is the commitment that I'm going to be making to this equation. Um, this is what it means for you guys. Um, I want to hear your feedback and how this can actually work and 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 function in your world because they're teenagers. You know, they weren't like you know talking." Toddlers. Um, so I want to buy in from them and, and all of that, but we were dealing with a blended household. I mean, we have like, you know, they go over to their moms and they were there at that, at that time, they were there like, you know, once a week there, once a week here. So it, communication was so vital, but I didn't like tell them this is how it was going to down and go down. I, I said, you know, this is my plan and I'm bringing it to you all to bring it to your awareness, but you know, let's look at it together because this affects you too on some level. Right, right. So how do you set aside time uh, and, and balance your life with, you know, all the things you have to do with your business, especially in the beginning? Because I assume, you know, starting a new business, uh, the ramp up period always has a much larger time investment. How did you how do you balance that? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, every every business owner goes through seasons. And I think for me, I, I, I knew that it was going to be a, you know, a, a we were going to be going hard for a long time. I didn't have this like expectation that, you know, I was just going to, to put my uh, metaphoric shingle up, you know, like with my website and my Facebook account and my Twitter account and, and think that everything was going to be all ducky. Like I knew that there was going to be a lot of hours and I was willing to do that. Um, my kids, like, you, again, you know, like we were dealing with like, you know, shared custody. So I was able to fit in like work my tail off on the weeks that they really, you know, they weren't here. Um, and my husband actually, he made a, he's, he's been in the same business for a long time, but he made a huge shift in his career, which added a whole nother dynamic to it. So him and I were both like on this and we still are, we're still both on this, you know, like we've got to build and we've got to work very, you know, like we've got to work long hours at this point and we're smart with our time. We're not doing things to waste our time, but, um, but the balance aspect of it, if, if I want what I want, 
in three to five years. I know that right now I've got to put the investment in the time. I've got to put the investment in the coaching. I've got to put the investment back into my business. And that's the reality. And I think a lot of people going into business today thinking that they can half-heartedly do it, you know, that's that's not going, I mean, that could get them success. But I mean, I just know how hard I work. And I know that, um, I know there are a lot of other people out there working just as hard, if not harder. Um, and it, it's a, it's a tough, it's it, business is tough. Business building is tough. And so anybody out there that's saying, you know, let's get you to $10,000, you know, dollars a month in your first six weeks, it's a little absurd. It's a little ridiculous um, because they're just it's it's not it's not legit. It's not legit. I mean, you can't work, you know, ten hours a month and expect that you're going to get ten thousand dollars a month. It just doesn't work that way. Not not in the beginning. Now, as you develop, um, as you bring people onto the team, I've been able to grow my business quickly because I saw the value of having a team. Um, so that's where I find my balance right now. Is I actually rely on other people to help me with the vision. But again, that was a vetting process within itself. And that, I mean, that was painful because there was actually a couple of people I brought onto my team that I thought were going to be a good fit. And quite honestly, they weren't, you know. And so I had to make those decisions rather quickly to say, you know what, you're not a good fit. Um, this is going to cost me a lot of time and money and energy in the long run. And my balance at, at this point, I can't afford it. So I need to I need to let that person go. But, but people help me balance. Um, and then just that expectation of knowing that I'm going to be putting a lot of um, time and sweat equity into my business at the, at the upfront because that's what's going to help build and sustain my profitability and my impact um, for the long haul. Okay. I, and, I, and I like what you said about the expectations. I think that's one of the big challenges, especially with starting a new business, is a lot of times people don't know what to expect or they're modeling their expectations off of someone else's expectations and that someone else's usually has uh i don't know i feel like they usually model their expectations off of an outlier um mm -hmm. so for you uh what, what were your i guess biggest struggles when when you were starting out and what are some of the i guess maybe expectation mis mismatches that you saw that you can share with you know someone who may be trying to start something up now I think one of the biggest struggles that I had was that I was already in this space, right? I was already like helping professionals like connect the dots and build strategic partnerships. And so I thought because I already had this reputation in the community that I was doing this for other people, that that transition from me working for somebody else and now working for my own, that that was going to be a much easier transition. Now it was, I, I was actually really blessed because when I told my, um, at the time I was working for the Greater Fort Myers Chamber of Commerce, um, when I told my executive director that this was the direction I was heading, I literally had two months to um, say goodbye to that organization in a very, like, I mean, I got to train my successor. I got to connect with my members and let them know. Uh, of course, I was respectful of, of you know, I didn't want to, like, you know, I wasn't coaching like during the middle of my day, you know, I was being very respectful, but, but everybody knew what was going on. So I had this beautiful transition period where I like people were, were catching on and they got that message. But at the same time, um, when, when I finally, you know, shut the door on that chapter or closed that chapter, um, I thought, well, great, I'm going to be rolling in the, the, you know, everybody knows what's going on. I already have like, you know, at the time, I think I had like eight or 10 clients. Um, I'm just going to keep growing this machine. And 
it didn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. So I think my expectation was that, you know, I was just going to keep building upon the success I was already having, um, but not realizing at the same time that everybody else, all my other clients, they go through their own seasons. So I wasn't doing enough to rev up um, awareness. I was just thinking, oh, well, you know, I've already established some sort of credibility in this and I don't really have to work that much harder at it. Um, but I learned pretty quickly that that wasn't the case and I needed to go back out there and um, pound the pavement and let people know that I was doing this new thing. Awesome. So the online marketing piece, uh, setting up a website, you know, doing your podcast, uh, how did you learn that aspect of the business? Well, again, that was a lot of um, trial and error. I'd actually, um, that was the other mistake that I probably made early on was trusting people that um, were my friends, you know, and in, 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 in the fact that they could help me build an online presence. Um, I think for anybody out there that, I mean, obviously you have a lot of people on on, the, on this, uh, listening to this podcast today that are driving internet, you know, they're driving their business through the internet. Um, not every website developer out there is created equal. So I think in my case, I had hired a firm um, without properly vetting them. I, I had, I mean, at one point, um, when I worked for the chamber, I mean, I had 30 developers that I could pick up the phone and, and they knew me on a first name basis, but I only picked on one. I only reached out to one and said, this is what I'm doing. Um, and in a lot of ways, like it just, it, not that they're a bad company because they're a great company, but it wasn't really in line with the vision that I wanted to, to make with my, with my company. Um, and we didn't necessarily, um, and it wasn't that we didn't see eye to eye from a visual standpoint, but it was just a, um, well, you know, you're not necessarily, I'm, I'm developing a lot quicker in some of these other platforms because I want to make an online business. I mean, that's, 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 that's a part of my, my income strategy, you know, like the one-on-one bit is awesome. And that's my bread and butter right now, but I saw viable streams of income coming from my internet business or the internet side, the online side of what I was doing. Um, and this company was very much used to working with brick and mortar organizations. So, I mean, very, very different um, structurally. So I, again, I had to like say, well, holy crap, I've just dumped tens of thousands of dollars into this company to help me build this website, build a brand. Um, this wasn't the right fit. This is actually kind of a, but it was a very expensive mistake, but it was a valuable one to learn at the same time too, because I got more smart and more in tune with knowing that tech side of things. And I didn't let the fact that I wasn't a tech queen, um, stop me from going out there and absolutely crushing it, you know? So I still have a lot to learn. I'm not a tech queen by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm a heck of a lot more informed than I used to be. And I've taken ownership of that now so that when people, when I do bring people onto the team, um, you know, I, it's like I interview them and if, if they don't know more than I do about it, then it's, it's, it's no bueno. We're not, we're not in business together. Awesome. Yeah, I think, uh, I think there are a lot of aspects, especially the technical piece that people are starting out, um, especially if you're looking to hire someone, and you're not familiar with kind of <laughs> what good work is, what good work is not with how to direct that person. Uh, it can be really easy for someone, either one to take advantage of you or two for there just to be a mismatch in your expectations versus what they can do or what they're willing to do or what they think you need. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you guys are steering the ship of your business. It, I totally get the fact that, um, you know, you might be bootstrapping it right now and you might not necessarily have these crazy budgets to go out there and bring people onto the team. So learn what you 
what you can, um, you know, but then understand at some point your where your value points are not necessarily in that skill set. I'm not necessarily making money on my tech my my tech uh, abilities. I, I just, it, it's not good business sense for me, but I do know enough about it on some level that I can have an intelligent conversation with somebody that I'm potentially bringing on to my team. And again, if I know things like dark posts and the people that I'm bringing on to my team are social media strategists and they don't know what the hell I'm talking about, <laughs> then I, I, you know, I, I have to say, you know what, like you, you're not at that level of, of like you're, we're not on the same playing field and I respect your work and you can respect mine, but, um, but it's a no for right now. So, you, so being aware of that and having the the guts to say those things and have those conversations instead of like working with your friends um, will definitely save you a lot of time and energy in the long run and money too. Right. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Um, so, the Power Factor Biz Academy. Tell me mm-hmm. some more about that. Well, thank you for that. So, um, what's super cool is um, this is actually a group platform that um, I, I basically took my existing one-on-one coaching platform. And um, there's a number of reasons why people choose not to work with a you know a coach one-on-one. Um, I really wanted to make this more accessible to people that really wanted to build strategic alliances, get the information to show up and be more visible in their industry, um, but do it in a community that was actually going to give them the information at a self-study pace, but then, you know, a Facebook group community and other really cool tools to really help them um, connect, you know, because again, I think if we're, if I'm in the business of building better business relationships, I've got to give people an opportunity to connect with one another. Um, So we've done that. And, you know, we do that through um, once a week course modules. Um, They get information in bite-sized pieces. I mean, it's not like these big, gigantic, like meaty um, topics, you know, I mean, it's taking something that's, um, like, okay, well, what do you say at a networking event? Or how do you interact on social media? Um, you know, how do you like, like, conduct a proper interview? I mean, those little nuggets of information and bite sized pieces so they can process it. And then, you know, they've got a community of resources. And then I have a pretty awesome network of people that are coming into um, the Power Biz or the Power Factor Biz Academy and, and teaching certain segments. So it gives them an opportunity, my participants, it gives people an opportunity to kind of see um, who I'm balling with. So it's pretty cool stuff. Awesome. Awesome. I like that. Um, so, Erica, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, had a great chat. You, you provided some really good information. I love your story. It's really interesting. Uh, and your business. And um, I, uh, I wanted to know before, uh, before we go, how can the Baller Circle get in touch with you and learn more about your business? Well, thank you for that, Michael. Um, so the easiest way to probably connect with me is going to be through thequeenofresults.com. Um, that's where you'll be able to find all the links to my podcast, my blogs, um, sign up for my e-newsletter, which is really cool. Um, we've got some really amazing stuff and, and resources in there that are that are free. I mean, that you can actually time, chime into um, at the moment. Get to know me a little bit better. And I want to get to know you guys, too. So um, if there's anything I can do to support you, let me know. But the thequeenofresults.com is the place to go. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.